Welcome, Bouncer Backers, to this week's episode of Bouncing Back Stronger, the podcast where we explore the incredible power of resilience, personal growth, and triumph over adversity. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Vasquez, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. Whether you're seeking inspiration, guidance, or simply reminded that you're not alone on your journey, Bouncing Back Stronger is here to support and empower you. We believe that every setback is an opportunity for a comeback, and every challenge is a chance for growth. Let's go. Hey there, Bouncer Backers. Welcome to today's episode, where I have the honour of chatting with Fletcher Cleese. At just 18, he faced a life-altering car accident that left him paralysed from the chest down. But let me tell you, his story is a testament to the incredible power of the human spirit. Tune in for an inspiring and uplifting conversation that'll remind you to cherish every moment and chase your dreams with unwavering determination. Get ready to be motivated and uplifted. This upbeat tour is a dose of empowerment you won't want to miss. So let's dive right in. Welcome Fletcher Cleaves to Bouncing Back Stronger. Thank you so much for joining us today and being here to, you know, to share your story. I actually feel really honoured as I know that you've been on quite a lot of podcasts and uh, mm-hmm. you've spoke around the world on what happened to you and, you know, how you bounce back from adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's going good. It's going good. Just trying to take it day by day and stay positive. Well, that's great. And that's all all we can do. Just stop thinking too too far ahead, Fletcher. There we go. All right. Let's let's dive straight in, shall we? So yeah, tell me a little bit about stuff like uh, you know, where it all started for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, growing up I was an active individual. I was Definitely the, the epitome of boys will be, you know, breaking windows and having a great time and, you know, not, not really any real trouble, but just ding dong ditching and boys will be boys. Right. And okay. my parents put me in organized sports. Yeah. My parents put me in organized sports and I did extremely well. I fell in love with the game of football or I would call it. And after once I fell in love with that game, I played football in high school and, and I'm blessed enough to receive a football scholarship to college. So once I received a football scholarship to college, I trained my body very well. I picked up a lot of weight. I left school, high school, right after graduation to get ready for the upcoming season. And, you know, I gained about 25 pounds of muscle, but unfortunately, about four months after high school graduation, right before our first collegiate game, a lady was texting and driving and ran my roommate and I off the road, causing us to flip into a ditch. And unfortunately, I became paralyzed by breaking my neck in two places. Wow. So she was actually texting at the wheel and that's mm-hmm. how the accident happened. Correct, correct. And, you know, this whole entire journey has made me overcoming adversity and dealing with, you know, from being a collegiate athlete to now becoming a quadriplegic. And I've, luckily enough, I've been blessed to stay positive and do great things. That's fantastic, Fletcher. It really is. How old were you when the accident happened? 18 years young. I was, was May of 2000. I mean, it was... I graduated high school in May of 2009. The car crash happened in September of 2009. But, you know, I was turning 19 that December. So two months before my, or was it three months before my 19th birthday? 
And where were you expecting to go at 19? Were you going on to, to, to sports? Were you going on to continue your professional career? Oh, well, I was still in college at the time. So right. I was only in class. I was in class two weeks. So I had trained the whole summer for football. Uh-huh. Class started like at the end of August. And I was only in class like two weeks. And then my car crash happened in September. Wow. Oh, I just can't imagine what that must have been like for an 18 yeah. year old as well. 18 years exactly. old. Exactly. Yeah. So young yeah. and full of life and being so vibrant. I remember before we came on on record that you told me about like the, the situation surrounding the accident because wasn't it the fact that you were 18 so that they couldn't tell your parents too much? Yeah. So when the car crash happened that night, they called my parents and was like, hey, your son has been in a car crash. You need to come to the hospital immediately. But because I was 18 in the HIPAA law, they can't disclose medical information over the phone. So my dad said, he immediately asked, is he okay? And the doctor's like, well, we can't disclose that information over the phone. What's wrong with him? And then he then followed up with, is he alive? And then I was like, well, we can't disclose that information over the phone and you need to come to the hospital immediately. I mean, that's just amazing that they can't even say whether you're alive or not. You know, I can't believe that. I know. I'll at least say, yeah, he's alive. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. And were they far away from you? Were you, was college in a separate place? I mean, you're you're speaking from Tennessee now. That's where you grew up, mm-hmm. isn't it? Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. Was college in a different location or were they? It was, it was only, it was only about an hour away. So it wasn't too bad. But my roommate that was in the car crash with me, his parents were 15 hours away. Oh, So right. they did the same, you know, they got the same phone call. Yeah. And it was like, comes off to the immediately, but there were no flights leaving that late. So they just jumped on the road immediately and came down to Tennessee, a 15 hour driver. To parents, that was the worst journey ever of their lives. Yeah. I know hindsight is, you know, 2020, but it's kind of, we can laugh at it now because it's been so long, but it was a, it was a terrible thing. But it's funny because my mom has always told uh, my dad and I to, you know, get gas before you come home because you never know what will happen in the morning. Well, you know, it might be really. Yeah, so my dad, of course, my dad didn't listen, you know, all the years. So <laughs> before they got to the hospital, they had to drive around and find an open gas station. And my mom was, I told you, always have gas in the car. Always be prepared. Yeah, and he was, you know, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny. Of course, I know, but they were frantic, absolutely frantic. So were you were you in a coma? for some? No, I wasn't. I wasn't because I had worked out. Remember I told you I had left high school right uh-huh. after graduation. So I had worked out like half of May, all of June, all of July, you know, August. And I had gained, exactly. I was yeah. extremely fit. So I was in great shape and that played a part in my car recovery. You know, I was not in a coma. I didn't suffer any other major injuries. The, the doctor told my parents, he was like, you know, I've never seen somebody this young in such great shape. And really? about, I was only in the hospital 10 days, which is, which is crazy for somebody. And you're broken gone. your neck in two places. I mean, that's quite some injury, a real, real injury. What was it I like for surgeries. you when you, when you realized the extent of your injuries? Who told you that you were going to be paralyzed from the waist down, chest down? Chest down, breastplate down. So the EMT, they suspected that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't get confirmation until I got out of my first surgery and the doctor confirmed 
And, you know, I, I felt the first thought I remember having is like, am I, I'll never probably play football again. Mm-hmm. And because I was so young, that's really all my responsibility was, was yeah. school, football, and girls. Like, that's <laughs> really all I had to worry about. And for somebody to tell me that I won't be playing football anymore, it kind of, you know, hit me hard. But, you know, I chose to overcome adversity and think in a positive manner. Like, even though I can't play football, I can still go back to school, right? Yeah, and you know we was like, well, you got to do therapy first and all that stuff. So that's, well, that's, that's an incredibly the mature way to think. You know, it's, as you said, you were eighteen years old. Your hopes and dreams have been dashed. You know, everything that you were planning on doing was taken away from you in that instant. So mm-hmm. for you to have that maturity and level headedness, that okay, I'm not going to, you know, dwell on this. I'll I'll find a positive in it. Did you, well, do you think that your sports training, not just physically, but mentally helped you in kind of taking control of your mindset? Yes, absolutely. You know, playing football and kind of being a tougher sport, you know, everybody thinks, you know, it's always like, you know, man up and, you know, even though, because people get hurt in football all the time. So it's always like, okay, so-and-so's hurt. Take them to rehab, next person up. Like, all right, let's keep going. Keep the train rolling. You know, injuries are part of the game. You know, just rehab and prepare your body and get ready to get back from the field next season or in three weeks or whatever the case may be. And just that toughness of teaching me how to deal with emotion and stay calm and be mature and rely on my teammates and never giving up and push your body through the the strenuous limits. Mm. All the things I had done, you know, or 10 years about playing sports mm-hmm. translated to this injury that I'm faced with now. Mm. It's absolutely remarkable, though, that that's the attitude that you took. You know, it really oh, thank is. You, yeah. It's, 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 I think that's really inspiring to our listeners. And I, I did ask you this again before the recording, but faith, did faith help you through this period of your life? And does it still help you today? Yes, it did. It, and it does. You know, understanding that I, I call God Big G. So understanding that, yeah, Big G, Big G has a greater outlook or a greater plan. So for instance, you know, I was thinking I was getting my body prepared for the upcoming football season. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, please push your body to the limits, gain weight, be stronger, you know, do more. But it turns out I was getting my body prepared for something not related to football at all. And because he knew that I was going to be involved in a car crash. Mm-hmm. He knew that things weren't necessarily going to go my way. So luckily enough, I was able to had my body in such great shape and took my workout seriously because it prepared me for my accident. Yeah, absolutely. So at that time, you obviously had like physiotherapy. Now you're paralyzed from the chest down, but you still have use of your arms. Yeah, so I don't have full use of my arms. So I have good shoulder movement, but like I can't move my fingers and I don't have triceps. And, you know, my biceps are kind of weak, but I can still move my arms, so to speak. So I just... Have learned to manipulate my usage to be able to do the things I want to do, like whether it's picking up a cup or grabbing a pencil or whatever the case may be. And I use some de- adaptive equipment to help me with daily living skills or daily living tasks. Yeah, I see. And did you train yourself to do certain things as well as you were, you know, as you were getting stronger or adapting to your your new body? I guess. Yeah, therapy taught me all of that. I went to Atlanta, Georgia, to the sheriff. Center, which is the number one spinal cord. It's about what my body can do or my body can't do, but how you can manipulate your movement and your body to do the things you want it to do. 
Mm-hmm. And that, that was a great pivotal point in my life to be a part of that organization. Yeah, absolutely. And did you, so that's for your kind of physicality. How about psychotherapy? Did you have much of that or do you have therapy or? Yeah, mentally. Yeah. They, they, I remember, so they were giving me all these pills in the beginning, you know, and it was like, hey, take, you know, take these pills. And about like day three or day four, I asked, I was like, what is this stuff? And I was like, this is a multivitamin. This is a, to help with your blood pressure. This is an antidepressant. And I was like, well, I'm not sad. So I don't need this. So, and so I stopped taking that, but I'm, you know, thankfully enough, I never went through like a mental why me period or so dark, a darkness time, so to speak. I just understood the obstacle and I wanted to tackle it head on. I understand why. That's your faith in a way of the kind of, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, God saved me. I must be here for a reason, maybe type of thinking. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was like a lot of people don't make it. You know, a lot of people I've heard, you know, and I met and when I went to therapy, it was like, hey, I was in a car crash and if all everybody died but me or like, you know, one of my friends was saying that him and his cousin left for, they left high school to grab something to eat. And on the way to back from McDonald's or whatever, they got the car crash and I must be here for a reason. And I wanted to fulfill my purpose of why I'm here and why, you know, I was kept around because of my faith. And it's a real reminder, isn't it, that anything can happen in a split second. You know, blink of an eye. Blink of an eye. Life can change in the blink of an eye. And I think we spend so much time worrying or worrying about tomorrow or, you know, maybe, you know, kind of trivial things as well that sometimes it's just not necessary. And as you said, when we first started this conversation, just day by day. Day by day. Because you never know. I I literally was at practice that afternoon and in the hospital that night. Yeah. It's like, you never, you never know. I had my whole week planned out like, Tomorrow I got English and then Friday we'll probably go get something to eat. I got a date on Saturday, you know, all these things and boom, all this stuff is wiped out immediately. Yeah, it is. It is. If you think about it, it's about appreciating this present moment. And I talk about it in therapy all the time, you know, with with my clients to really just you don't have to worry about the future. You can forget the past. It's done. You're living in this present moment right now. Would you say that's how you very much live right now, Fletch? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I kind of live life in the moment. We might, you know, it's good and bad, so to speak. I have to understand that you still have to prepare for the future. Of course. You know, even though, yeah, yeah, right. But I kind of, uh, I say yes to everything. But you want to go skydiving? Yep. You want to go here? Yep. You want to, yep. Because you never know. You never know. So what kind you know. of things have you not allowed it to stop you from doing? I mean, obviously you're an international speaker, very successful mm-hmm. one as well. You go around and, and share your story people like myself and to listeners like myself and other podcasts, but also to schools. You you work a lot in schools, don't you? Right. Correct. Schools and colleges and businesses and, yeah. you know, you name it, I've done it, you know, kickoff sales meeting, just anybody who needs general motivation yeah. or inspiration to continuously strive and reach for your goals and reach for the things you've always wanted to accomplish. You know, I've given presentations to those audiences around the world and, but I've, I've done a tremendous things from skydiving and just saying, yes, just by saying yes and just not allowing my disability to hold me back from accomplishing anything I desire. Yeah. And if there's anyone who can motivate, and I'm not just saying this, Fletch, it's definitely you, you know, right. skydiving, you know, what else? Have you, have you done bungee jumping and anything like that, which I'm terrified oh, of? 
Yeah, no, I haven't done bungee jumping yet, but I, I, I thought about it. I plan on doing it. Have you got a bucket list? A bucket list? Yeah, I do. I do have a bucket list. And it's more so of destination versus activities. So I'll, places I want to go versus things I want to do. Mm. And my bucket list consists of I want I want to see all eight wonders of the world. So, you know, I've seen two so far. I think you're one of the wonders. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Not, 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 not that. Not Maybe to my parents. I think so. And how was it for your parents? It was tough on them because I'm an only child. So seeing their only child, their baby boy, you yeah. know, it was kind of hard watching him being a, not, not able to beat himself, watching him not be able to sit up or need help or, you know, it was kind of tough in the beginning, but I chose to overcome adversity and just continuously push. So they saw me do more and do, you know, do more, start driving, move out. And, but they still worry about me just number one, being a person with disability in the world. And number two, being their only son and their only child, but they're always going to try to overprotect me, but I kind of want to spread my wings and do my own thing. Well, I'm sure they're incredibly proud of you too. I hope so. I think so. Well, they tell me all the time. Yeah, they tell me all the time. They are. They must be so proud that, you know, first of all, you know, you picked yourself up from it. You know, you got on with life. You've adapted. You've forged a really successful career for yourself. And mm-hmm. you're really independent, you know. And also, you've not allowed it to completely stop you from doing the things that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I just kind of understand that, you know, it's just part of life. Adversity happens to everybody, but yeah. it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. You know, how you gonna respond when, you know, you go through a tough situation, how you respond when you're going through financial hardship, yeah. when you become paralyzed at 18 or whatever you go through. And you just have to understand that this is what it is. Now, what's the solution? Like, how are we going to fix it? There's no point of dwelling and in, in, in sulking in, in the problem. Like, all right, this is what happened. Now, what's the solution? Because life is tough, isn't it? And we, we've all challenged whether a challenge for me might not be much of a challenge to you. You know, we're all different mm-hmm. and we've all got mm-hmm. different things going on. But very much so it is about, okay, this is what's happening for me right now. How can I respond to it? What can I do that's going to get me from A to B, you know, in the best, in the best way? And I, I always, I'm always of the ilk. Things are usually temporary. You know, and it's okay to sulk for a while. I think it's okay to sit on your pity pot for a little bit. That's fine, you know, because things can be miserable. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody grieves differently. It's not staying there too long, you know. It's it's Mm -hmm. because if you stay there too long, I do believe that it gets more. It gets harder. It gets harder to move. Absolutely, I agree with you. I would say, you know, just think about what you sulk and be upset five years into it versus I'll be five years behind than where I am right now, you know? Yeah. And we ain't getting no younger. So we no, just got to keep, yeah, we got to, just got to keep going. You know, you also said that the way you went for your, the physio, you know, they were a great team, really supportive. Would you say that it's the support also that you've had around you that's enabled you to, you know, to, to be who you are? Absolutely. Yeah. My support system has, been tremendous from my parents to my friends to my therapist, just everybody. And I can test somebody said they can test the type of person that I am. Yeah. You know, it's like when you have positive, when you're positive and you, you have ambition, people tend to gravitate towards you. Mm-hmm. So I have attracted people that want to help me. It's like, you know, yeah, I pledge 
whatever you need, let me know. And I'm like, oh, actually, I need this. No problem. I'll make it happen because you are such a positive person. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I don't do it so others can do stuff for me. I just do it because I love doing what I do and I don't see no other way around it. And that's who you are. You know, that's naturally exactly. who you are. So, you know, people naturally warm to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how have you adapted? I mean, obviously, I know that you were 18. And how old are you now, Fletcher? That was 2009. I can't do that. Yeah. yeah, I'm 32. So next month will be my 12th, 13th year anniversary. Coming up to your anniversary. Yeah. Yep. And my birthday will be so what 18 yep yep so and my birthday is december and i'll be 33 in december 33 in december that's right yeah in fact this episode is due to go out on the that's right the 13th of august and then the 6th of september so perhaps that this episode is going to go out round about the time of you know yep, september 30th. 9th yeah september 9th look at that round about so mm-hmm. 13 years it ago. might be 14 years yeah, it might be 14 years. Yeah, it'll be 14 years. It's 14. crazy. Time is flying. Yeah. And has that gone really quickly for you? It has, but it hasn't. Yeah. I remember I remember being in therapy and I'm like, when am I going to get out of here? You know, like I do the same thing every day. Now I'm like, I've done therapy. I've graduated college. I've lived on my own for nine years. I've done so. I'm like, man, time is flying. And you said you love traveling. Which which countries have you really enjoyed traveling to? Where have you really liked or where, yeah. Yeah, so I enjoy Europe in whole because everything's so close. Like, you know, United States, you got Canada, Mexico. That's really, and that it might take you hours to get to either one of those. Mm-hmm. But because Europe, everything's so close. Just, you know, Paris, Rome. I mean, well, let me say France and Italy mm-hmm. and Amsterdam and all, you know, everything is just so close. England, mm-hmm. London, it's like you can literally take a week and just drive through and go to so many places, take the Eurostar and just go everywhere. Yeah. So I would say Europe in general so far has been my most adventurous Yeah. because I, I got to go to so many places within one trip. So it was a really nice novelty for you to be able to get to so many places quite closely, quite quickly. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a, like, I'm a uh, fire symbol or like, I'm very, I want to continuously move. I want to continuously do stuff. So I'm in, you know, Italy for four days. I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, see everything I want to see here. But like, when you go to like, when I went to Dubai or Barbados or, uh, or the DR, it's like, once you're there, you're like, you're there. Yes. To go to a, another location would take, would have to be like a whole another trip. Yes. But you can literally go to, like, we took a day trip from Paris to London in one day. Yeah. Like, just a whole, whole day. Like, it was still, that trip was just, you know, it was just fantastic. You're making me feel quite bad, actually, because I, obviously, I'm in England, so, you know, I live at Liverpool, and we never do that. You know, we never just go for a day trip, say, like, over to Paris or something. You know, so you're, you're appreciating, I think, perhaps what we take for granted. I, I get yeah. it. So let me, how far is the closest major city? That's not anything like Paris. How far would the train ride be? Oh, well, perhaps we go down to the Eurostar. So we've maybe for us from Liverpool. I mean, it depends really. I don't know. Maybe it'll be about, well, on the train, you could probably get down there for two hours to get to the Eurostar, then get on the Eurostar. I think you can do it in an hour. You could probably be, if you did the early morning, you could probably be in Paris by, I don't know, 6 a.m. Have your day, maybe get back for tea time. 
five. Dude, that's what, exactly. That's what exactly what we did. Yeah. Like, yeah. Catch the 6 a.m. Eurostar or 7 a.m. and you're in Paris yeah. by nine or eight. Yeah. Spend all day. You go outside, see, have lunch, you know, just relax. It's definitely and, doable, you know. Yeah. And jump um, back or, uh, and come back home at 5 p.m. But you see, I think sometimes people think, oh, you're crazy. Just go for one day. They'd say all that money just for one day. But that's where you would really appreciate it, you know. So yeah. give me a bit but of inspiration not? there for like, maybe I need to get, you know, pull the why finger. Not? Because I, I looked at it like this. People always use time as a factor or money. You know, money will return. Time won't, you know. So I'm not saying blow your life savings, but think about all the frivolous stuff you spend money on. Like, I don't know if you're like, I just, you know, bought a bought a bought a whiskey that was twenty dollars, and I bought some junk food that was thirty dollars. Then I yeah. bought some clothes I didn't need fifty dollars, and I I bought, you know, then you add all that up, you like I could spend a day in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Definitely, he's truly remarkable, isn't he? That unstoppable spirit of his, and I think his positivity is absolutely contagious. So, thinking about today's episode. It's a powerful reminder that we should cherish every moment as we just don't know what lies ahead. So on that note, I'm embracing the inspiration and heading to book my day trip to Paris. Yeah, if only. Remember though, that life is full of curveballs. So let's make the most of every moment and every opportunity. See you next week. And that's a wrap for this episode of Bouncing Back Stronger. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights to help you bounce back stronger in your own life. I'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to share your thoughts, insights, or personal stories of resilience by reaching out to me via email or my social media channels in the show notes. I'll leave you with this. Resilience is a journey, and we're in this together. Farewell for now, Bouncer Backers. And I look forward to seeing you all next week for more like this.